Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right. Hey, everyone. Um, I think this is working. We are live now. Sorry about that. We just had a problem with the stream earlier. Uh, we're going to get Russ back and hopefully find you guys soon. Um, so far, nobody's, there is. nobody's watching us. So I'm assuming that I want to make sure that I have this right. Let me, let me go check the thing. Um, let me just well, check my- you guys can while, talk while for a second. Yeah. Yeah. While you're checking, um, I, I have to say this: um, parking in downtown Toronto is getting to be almost sinful in the yeah. sense of how exp- how expensive it is. Are we, are we good? We got people watching now. Yeah, so we're good. Okay. Good. Um, okay. I I drove I drove up this morning to, to cover the the Leafs Bruins game, and there's a parking lot maybe two blocks away from Air Canada Center, which has been cut in not even half it's maybe it's a third of what it used to be because they've sold the real estate and they're building another of a thousand condos down here um yeah and uh the 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 parking lot was full so i had to find some place to park my car car all day and normally i could park for about twenty dollars canadian uh peter cost me 35 to park all day I will be take I will be taking the train for the rest of my friggin' life. <laughs> yep. Uh, can't blame you there. It's insane. Yeah. I oh, when I was a few years ago, I drove down to Chicago and I couldn't, and so I'm not really familiar with Chicago. Chicago's and, the worst. It's on your right. It's unregulated. Exactly. Yeah. And then we realized, you go, well, we have to park our car, and I started looking this up because the hotel parking was insane. Then I came across all these. Uh, apps and things to help you find a place to park i was like mm-hmm. this blew, blew my mind what well, russ and i russ and i were there for the nhl draft last year and we there was a uh, a uh, media uh mixer that we were going to and we were trying to find a um, uh a parking lot downtown near one of the hotels and the parking lot wasn't it russ wasn't it 50 dollars, 55 yep. something like that yeah we ended up park we ended up parking at the navy pier for about 30 dollars and then took an Uber back and forth from the various places that we had to go to. It ended up being cheaper than 55. So yeah. their, their parking ramps are ridiculous. They're, they can go to hell. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, on that note, um, yeah. let's leave the bitter section of the show and yes. head into uh, head into the good old fashioned and talk about the Flyers game last night. Ready? Here we go. Um, yes. <laughs> leaving the bitter section. That was a joke. <laughs> All right. Um, hello, Hockey World. This is take two. It is Thursday, April 19th, 2018. Happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm Michael Agello. I'm Perky Peter Tessier. <laughs> Still Russ Cohen. And I'm Eklund. Thank God we have a Canadian on the show because that keeps us happy once in a while. On here, cause, um, I'm I close. I know. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And um, here we go. We got some interesting so – let's start. I'm going to start with the uh, the Flyers-Penguins game last night because I was there um, in the crowd. This is the first time I've been a civilian, so to speak, at a game in a very long time. And it was fun. It was. It, I mean, it was a blast. I took my daughter. 
and we were about 10 rows behind the Flyers bench. And the fun thing about that, I, I think every reporter should, 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 should sit like that close to the bench during a hockey game once. Because you really get such a different world. Like you really do oh, see, sure. you see things that you just never see. And I mean, you when you're that close to the bench, you just something struck me, like just really struck me. First of all, the absolute quietness of the two benches. Because I'm I was sort of over towards the Penguins bench, but I was directly behind the Flyers bench on that end. So I saw that, you know, Sullivan and his his group the whole game talking, you know, he Sullivan's very animated. Talk, talk, talk. You know, he sees it, and and Crosby's animated. The lots you hear, you hear, you hear them. You could hear the Penguins players talking to each other. You know, um, and the Flyers bench, dead silent the whole game. I mean, even when things were happening, all you, the only thing you would hear would be, um, you know, it's your turn to go or whatever. You'd hear like you'd hear them tell them to change the lines. That's all you would hear. And when um, it finally came time to pull Elliot, I watched how that dynamic went down. It was kind of strange. Because the goal happens, the third goal. Um, everybody know. Everybody assumes at this point, Elliot. I, I really felt like Elliot had one more goal in him, you know, and that was it. Because I mean, Elliot, you know, last night gave the giving up the second goal was just such a bone crushing goal. Elliot always has one more goal to give up. That, that goal though last night, you know. So I mean, just that the Flyers had a had pressure in the in the Penguin zone for the first time all game, midway through the first period, about forty five seconds to a minute and a half. They were, he said he felt like he was pretty okay, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. And, the, and, and his they, own performance, that's what he said. He, yeah. You know what? He, I mean, he looks, he looked angry with himself after that goal. I mean, I was close enough to see his reaction after, you know, and you know, you know, I mean, as a goalie, it's one thing to make the saves. And Murray, Matt Murray's a great goalie, but I've, I've covered now the Penguins on two Stanley Cup runs, like you have rest in the finals, stuff like that. The thing about Matt Murray is he makes the saves when he has to make them. That is the thing about him. Like he is, He's very good, but he's also incredibly good when it comes to momentum saves. And he, and this is a momentum moment for Elliot. You know, the Flyers pressure, 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 trying to tie it up, and then they come down and they score a goal that, that trickles through his legs. You know, and it's it's not an easy shot. It's Phil Kessel; he's going to move it across, but still, it's, it, has after to, watch, it has to be made. After, you know? after watching that replay, I call I call Brian Elliot the Brian Elliot the assassin of playoff hopes. Because that's what he is, and it's been now three three cities. Well, it is, Lewis, it is, it is, it is interesting now with now that we have like things like Twitter that we can see like all the people saying you know in Ottawa, people in Cal in Calgary, you know they all like, we've all yeah. been there. You know we've been there. Well, they're all going to have pitchforks. But Eck, let me ask you this that's question. Not fair. Go ahead. It, right, it's not fair. It, but let me ask you this question because it was mm -hmm. pointed out to me, and then I really noticed it right before the third goal. Um, before the second goal, we, I was talking about it before we we got dropped. Uh, there was a puck that went behind the net. Elliot couldn't even get back there to play it. It went past before he could do it. Yeah. And then there was another one, and he never even touched it. And that's the one that ended up in the net. And that pretty much tells me the limitations in his mobility was like even affecting even the most basic part of a goaltender's game now. Yeah. Oh, it really it, it's it's so true. It's it's um, I mean the whole time this game's going on, and you know I'm a lifelong Flyers fan. Of course, you know, and I, you know, we're covering the covering the league. I've become a fan of a lot of other teams too, and a lot of players. It actually occurred to me at one point that I felt bad that the Florida Panthers didn't have a shot at the Penguins. Like I feel like I've, as I was sitting right. there, I'm like, you know what? It's like that's a team that would have that would have given this team a run. It would have been an interesting series. And it wasn't, you know, I got one text from Toronto, you know, from a friend of mine in Toronto. Are the Flyers even trying? Which is like ridiculous, you know. Well, obviously, of course they tried. You know, yeah. I mean, there's no question that you're They're playing outmatched. And you're, you're, you're outmatched as is almost what everyone, it is. as is almost everyone in the NHL. Like this Penguins yeah. team is great. They're a great team. 
Um, I've seen them take out other teams year after year. You know, you have to be really good. You have to. You just have to have great goaltending. You can't get away with anything right. but great goaltending. Well, well and, this, and, the, and yeah. this is the thing, and I said this on the on the on the the earlier edition. Um, Brian Brian Elliott has no business being in goal if he's sixty percent. And I you know I'm I'm making fun of him yeah. and I'm 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 casting aspersions against him. But if he's truly that hurt in, to the fact that he can't get out of the net to stop the puck on, on a wraparound or on a uh, like like the the Crosby one from the previous game or when the puck is shot behind the net, he has no business being in goals. That's on Dave Hackstall. If the guy is that hampered, I don't care if you don't like Peter Morazic, he's got to go in. I, and, and how do you how do you at this point with desperate times requiring desperate measures if you're Dave Hackstall, then go and say, well, Neuvers is, is healthy. We, we won't even play for the play play the player my GM traded for to give me help. Yeah. It's, well, and Johnny Oduya, like Eck, he's literally had what five shifts as a flyer. Yeah, I mean that that that's that that's crazy right there. I mean the fact that Robert Hag isn't playing is nuts. I mean. I mean, McDonald is, you know, he gets ripped a lot by Flyers fans unfairly, but he sometimes gets ripped fairly and he, he does make mistakes. Um, he made, you know, watching him last night, the Flyers defense was horribly slow getting the puck up the ice. I mean, it it's obvious that they have two players that can do it. You know, when you sit down that close, it's, it's, it's fascinating how it becomes like a, a game, like you're watching like an open hockey game and you yeah. got two, you got two players you can what do it. You, you know, I mean, you got, you have, you have Provorov and you've got Gossespierre, you know, and Sandheim at times makes good plays, but you, Provorov and Gossespierre do stand out. I mean, Pro, Provorov's trying everything he can possibly try. Gossespierre stood out in the wrong way, Eck. In that fourth goal, yeah, he let Crosby get to the, to the wall before him. He let up. Yeah. Nobody understood why he did that. Yeah, it and at times I, I saw Giroux letting up, which I don't usually see. Um, but yes. I saw, I felt like I saw him, and and so the dynamic that was most interesting to me was after the third goal, um, Hackstall still, you know, you look, I looked at Hackstall, like, is he going to look down, down to the and he still doesn't. Um, but you know, um, you've got, you know, the assistant coaches there, uh, uh, um, Lappy, right? Yeah, Laperriere. Laperriere, yeah. I'm trying to think of his real name. So Murphy and Lappy, um, both going over to him. Talking, whispering into his ear, and then he, then he, then he, then he signals for Neuwirth, and that was a strange thing you won't necessarily see in, you know, you don't always see that, but the way the dynamic was like, you, you saw the Flyers players, you know, look back a little bit to Hackstall after that goal goes in, is just saying, you know, like, just this isn't fair for Elliot, this isn't fair on Elliot. It wasn't like they were mad at Elliot; they just got no. the sense that they're just this is just not fair put this kid, this good guy into this thing. And obviously, Elliot wants to play; he's a player; he's a tough player. Yeah, they all and want to play. And Right, and that's why I'm saying it's on Hackstall because if he's, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if if he's if he's playing on one leg, I mean, you give him credit for having intestinal fortitude, but he should he has no business being in there. And you know, it would be nice if Radko Gudis could hit hit somebody on the Penguins like he did his own teammate. Right. Yeah. Right. Let me ask this. Too. I'll end. I'll end my tirade after this. Yeah. But there's something else that happens here too that you're watching this, and I, I I'm not a fan of coaches doing this. When a player goes out like a Troy, it's a big loss, obviously. A player goes out and all four lines are screwed with. I mean, that that to me, that's the other thing I was noticing last night. You know, like it's one thing to like, okay, we're gonna move, you know, one guy into that spot. Um, you know, it, the obvious choice was Konechny, in my opinion, maybe because 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 you know you have it's things are okay right now with Patrick on the second lines actually working a little bit. So like, move Konechny up. Um, do Konechny raffle, you know, Giroux or something. Do something like that. 
but don't, but now there's, but by, by changing all four lines, there was an, there was such, the only line that actually wasn't changed was the fourth line, which was at times cohesive a little bit, um, but not, not very. So it was, I mean, it's not fair to even think this team can compete with the Penguins. In but there the- weren't enough centers, Zach. Like yeah. when you have yeah. Patrick as your one C and, and Val Filippo, who can't even skate anymore as your two C, you're going to get killed. Yeah. yeah. And there so, is a big difference between the younger players and the older players yeah. and the Flyers, too. And that's the other thing I noticed being that close. There is a huge disconnect. Um, even Giroux and Patrick, who talk to each other, but there's a but the way Patrick talks to Giroux and the way Giroux responds to him, I mean, I, you know, I'm just when you see it, it's it's fascinating to me. Like there is an there is an older, we're the older guys, you're the younger guys thing that's happening on that team. Yeah. And it, it so, doesn't happen, you know, when you're losing, this kind of stuff shows up, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So this raises a whole bunch of questions and, and I'll throw them out here. You can sort of take them as you want. Given what's going on with coaching vacancies starting to happen now, if Ron and, and the brain trust are seeing what's going on and the fact that if they want to make a change, they need to maybe address it quicker than they think. Is it better for the Flyers to go out, get rid of Hackstall, because now you've got you're competing for space and trying to find the coach, given that what's going on in um, Calgary, yeah, and then what's potentially happening in Carolina, and and the fact that um, Dallas needs a coach too. So you now put you you've got three options. If you're thinking of changing it, maybe you're better just to get out and. Yeah. Given given what you've just explained about disrupting lines, that's the sign of a desperate coach. Yeah, that's a coach who can't see the forest from the trees. Because if you know your prospects, if you know your depth on your team, you know that player A slots in here or here with this happens. Yeah, player B slots in there. You've already built your contingency plan for if disaster strikes. And if you haven't thought about it. That's a questioning of your ability and your and your in your team you're, management too. You're exactly but they're right. They're not going to fire him, Peter. That's the reality. I don't think they're going to fire him. But the, the the thing is this. I mean, you're right about that. And what's weird about that is that he has played everybody with everybody. Like he has mixed the lines up. So it's not like these guys haven't yeah. played together. But and he has seen like real connections with Giroux and Konechny. And you have seen different connections with other players, right? But <clears throat> excuse me. But you can't actually. It's it's weird. I mean, when you're playing against a team like the Penguins, it's so finely retu- finely tuned. You can see the difference of of, of line mates not connecting yeah. so clearly yeah. on the ice, you know, and it, it just it just happened. And you know, I mean, Reed and Laterra played together for like the last month, pretty much. They actually had some connection, and neither of them, you know, is anything that's going to help you. But you actually saw. A connection. You need to mention Matt Reed there for a minute, Eck, because when the, there was like two minutes left in the game, he did the cheapest of trips. Yeah. I know, I saw and- right running. And it just makes a team look bad at that point because it's like, well, how, ba- how bad do you want to lose this game? Like, how yeah. bad do you want to, like, look going into the next game? Like, that that move was something where if I was the coach, I would have to have a chat with him and just ask him where his head's at. And where, you know, and, and the interesting thing about that, so my daughter is at the game with me, and, you know, we have a yeah. joke that actually, you know, we haven't been to a game together, just the two of us, in probably five years. The last time we went to a game together was a Panthers way victory against the flyers that was like seven nothing so she's like seen like two games with me where we've gotten the flyers have actually gotten destroyed so um yeah she's telling you something we're bad luck we're not coming in you know we're not gonna go again i'm like yeah i think you're right we can't go again it's just uh it's the worst but um we did get to hold the flag up in the end it was pretty cool and that they that was the weirdest thing russ because i did not know i I haven't been to a game for such a long time you didn't know they were doing that no so i'm standing there and suddenly i think someone's just tapping me on the head and I look up and there's a flag. 
I didn't because I was I was in the first row of the flag. Like the flag was back behind me. Okay, yeah, I know where that row is. I just I'm like it's like someone's going like this, and I'm like, what the you know? Yeah, I I posted on Instagram. I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but I posted it there. Um, but yeah, what is what is this? A big blanket? Yeah, it's like a giant flag. So, but but the the whole you know they're not going to fire him. I don't get these. I don't get the impression they're going to fire him because uh, they're going to use. I think what's what you're when they're not going to fire him. I think what that tells you is Hextall's expectation of this team has been met. Like I think he sees this team as not right. there yet. He sees this right. team as maybe we make the playoffs. If we do, bonus. If we don't, fine. So we're losing to the Penguins, who are probably going to you might win another Stanley Cup or whatever. So you know, can, and you and you have injured players. You know, you have you know you, Elliot was good for part of the year. He's hurt now. You don't have a goalie. All this stuff will go in Hextall in Hextall's favor, you know, when evaluating him. And Hextall's already Hextall really likes him. The crazy thing is, I just don't see it as far as, and I I don't dislike Hextall, but I don't see the 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 whole thing jiving between the players and the coaches. I mean, granted, it was a, a terrible game, you know. Well, I and think maybe that's the worst what's going to happen. Heck, they're going to switch out all the other coaches. But the other coach is actually a bad idea unless Hackstall knows who he wants. You yeah, can't, the other coaches that, I that, saw that's just a vote in on confidence. But that's what I think is going to happen. I think Laperrier might get fired. Um, yeah. No block might get to stay because he's only been there one year. Yeah. But I think they're going to start clearing those guys out, Peter. That's what I think. Why are they married to Perrier is very much taking on Hackstall's personality. Because well, Leperrier is a feisty character. Well, all, all I know, all I know is, um, and it was a few years ago when Ra- when Randy Carlisle was in Toronto, they fired Dave Farish and Scott mm. Gordon and another another assistant coach. They fired the three assistants and they brought in all new assistants that were hired by, uh, not 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 with his say so, but by the organization, and that lasted about 40 games and and Carlisle is fired. If you're doing that, fire Hackstall yeah. now. Don't give me Just, this crap where you're going to because then you've hired assistant coaches and if it doesn't work out, you got to fire your you got to fire your head coach and then your next head coach is going to want his coaches. Right. Sure, but the idea is you have an angry fan base and unless you fire the coach which they're not going to do, get a goalie. <laughs> they have to make change, but they have to make changes. This fan base was right. chanting so for the coach to get fired. Yeah, what's the, what's the more fiscally responsible thing to do, Russ? Find a fire the coach and hire one that you're not hold, held to a contract that hurts your cap hit, or go find an overpriced goalie. Well, none of it works you against tell the me cap, which right? one. So we don't worry about that. The no, idea the is this: the goalie does. I mean, they, you know, I mean, yes, they're the wait, they're waiting for they're waiting for you know. Mr. Hart to come in, but you guys are telling me he's not going to be ready next year. I don't think there's, years, I don't think there's any chance the way this thing has gone down at the end of the year that Hart is not their goalie next year. Just because he I can't I, be, you can't you do can't it. Put it's, him into that. I can't put him into that. You're not he putting is, him into anything. He, I mean, the, the, the shots were equal last night in that game. He, he is crazy. At, things. Carter Hart is a grade A prospect, and if you throw him to the if you throw him to the wolves at nineteen or twenty, yeah. all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot. It's very yeah. easy. Ron Hextall, and he might turn it to Steve Mason or Pete Peters yeah. or any guy like that. Andrew yeah. Raycroft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I go back. <laughs> you got to get yourself a goalie, or you've got to deal with something. But you've brought up a really interesting point, Eck. Is this age gap? Yeah, And that's an important thing too, because yeah. here's the other thing. If you're going to go all in on being young, then maybe Hacksaw's your guy because that's where his strength lies and his experience lies. But if you're not, 
you need to probably bring in a different coach who can manage that better because he has a bigger resume and experience with NHL players that covers that gamut. But we've That's learned that you have to have young and old, right? Just young turns yeah. you into the Edmonton Oilers. But you may not be able to deal with old. I mean, the Flyers are the youngest team in the NHL right now, average age-wise. And, I mean, they just, they're just they like one month combined, whatever, longer than Columbus or something crazy like that. So, yeah. I mean, but we, they and, and so even their old players aren't old, but it, but they right. but they are 10 years older than their young players. So it's like you know, that that's the crazy thing. I mean, I'll say this about about Hextall and I, I thought the same thing, Peter, with the college coach thing. I'm like, okay, young players, college coach. But I remember I'll never forget a conversation I had with Dale Hunter in, in the Flyers media room um, before before a meal. You know, I grew up hating Dale Hunter. I'm sitting there and he had just he had lost this is this is the year after he had been the Capitals coach and then left and then wasn't the Capitals right. coach anymore. Um, and he said to me that he, you know, he's really successful in juniors, a junior coach, really successful. And he said, the biggest thing about the NHL that you have to, that you have to learn. And what I hated the fact is that you can't hang over the fact that if you're not, if you don't pay attention to me, you're not going to be in the NHL. He said, that's like, and he says with college players, with, 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 you know, junior players, the biggest thing you have is that you have, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to be an NHL player, you've got to be able to do this. You gotta be able to do that. At an NHL level, all you have is ice time, right? That's all he, he said. That's all you have is ice time, and that, they guys are still getting paid. They're still there, and he said, "I'll never, and, I'll never go back to coaching in the NHL because I hate the fact that I can't motivate these guys yeah. with, with that fear." But that's a guy who sounds to me like he's only got one tool in the toolbox. Yeah, because there's a ton of other NHL coaches who can motivate players and get more out of them. Sure. Right. If his only if his only thing is time on ice, and that's all I can see. And that's, I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry, you got to be better than that. That's that's, that's showing your own limitations. And that's what Hunter did with Ovechkin when he was in when he was in Washington. Right. Is he limited his ice time? We, we should move off Philadelphia because we got other games to, yeah. to talk about. No, that's fine. That's fine. I just, I just there was some fascinating things about it that. Oh, just yeah. I, I really sure. just uh, I, and I do think that everybody like every uh, every reporter should, should should sit behind a bench like at least once or twice in a season. I'm gonna I'm, from now on I'm gonna just buy a ticket there back there once in a while and stuff up just to get. The perspective because you see so much that you never see like that you see more there than you see in the locker room that's real like in the locker room you don't see real stuff you see people with quotes at the bench there in the heat of a game especially a heat of a game that's going poorly you see a lot you see a, you see a whole dynamic that you don't see on tv that you can't see even if you're looking from up in the bleachers down at the thing when you're like five rows back you see it it's really interesting it's okay mike go ahead i'm sorry no i was going to talk about, about nashville colorado because it was an extremely entertaining game um, but it was also uh, an eventful one because Ryan Hartman is uh, getting a, a hearing with the Department of Player Safety. Yeah. Now, I did. I watched this most of this game, Russ. So I didn't see. I didn't see the incident here. But from what I've read, it sounds like he's probably going to get a game. Oh no, he um, will. He literally was going full speed and went elbow right to the to the head. He, he, it was it was with more force than what Dowdy did. So he's definitely getting the game. Well, yeah. there's a, there's. There's an inter there's an interesting video and I, I, I retweeted it and I'm, I can do it again for people to see. But the other incident and we'll talk about Jersey and Tampa in a minute. But Vatnin, uh, excuse me, uh, Kucherov elbowed or hit Vatnin in the first period of the game with the Devils and, and Tampa. And the video that I had retweeted was side by side Doughty's hit on game suspension and Kucherov's hit, and they look identical. And the only thing I could say is that Kucherov maybe glanced the shoulder a little more, and Kucherov is not even getting a hearing. Now, okay, fine, but you know what? Again, I go to 
Kucherov, I mean, and you can't. Even, I don't know if you can even use the star argument here because Dowdy's a star. So is Kucherov, but yeah. but I, I still say, oh my God, it's like that's their best player. Is that does that have a factor in whether a guy is suspended or not? Well, Dowdy's LA's best player, right? Like, right. That's yeah. right. You're right. Exactly. I, mean, I agree with what Drew Dowdy said, and and I like. I think I don't think he should have been suspended, but I understand. And we've. I'm not going to raise the debate again. Ahead, his ahead. That's fine. That's over and done with. But I understand the league's point of if you touch the head, we're going to address it. Right. I just don't think, like, I saw that hit live. I watched the replays. I just don't think Kucherov caught his head. It was just, he was in the danger zone. And you learn this in junior hockey. You have your back turned. You're going along within three feet of the boards. You better have your head up. Because if you do get shoulder hit, it's calamity. It's, it's catastrophic, potentially. And that's what happened to Vatnin. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. But Kucherov had every right to come in that way. It wasn't blindside. It was just every head up, kid, and he didn't. Yeah, I think it was a continuation because he eventually made contact with his jaw, but it wasn't the principal point of contact. Now, now just for that game, um, we were talking yesterday about Vasilevsky. Russ Vasilevsky was fantastic in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, most, that- most of the time he is. What I found, though, is – and, and here's the thing. So, like, just the same as the Flyers-Penguins, where the Flyers fans are overreacting because the Penguins are killing them, even though the Penguins are the two-time Stanley Cup champ, and you should take that into account, the same people are doing that for Tampa and saying, well, Tampa's winning a cup now because look what they're doing to New Jersey. But, again, overreaction because New Jersey's not great. They're just a team that made the playoffs that has issues as well. Like, Tampa's a really good team. But I'm not handed them the Stanley Cup, not yet. Yeah, I'm not. not I'm not ready to to anoint Nashville because they've beaten the Colorado Avalanche three right. times. I mean, I think yeah. I think it was an impressive victory, and Re- and Rene bounced back, and Forsberg looks great, and you know, I mean, all those and, things. And it's, now, did you guys in the? And I know you're watching some other games too. I watched the Nashville game. Goal goaltender interference reared its head again, and sure enough, social media outrage. Um, there's a tweet from, I can't remember. I saw Christine Simpson from Sportsnet retweeted it. I can't remember who the goalie was. Things that, you know, it was like this existential question. What is, are we alone in the universe? Or is this, what is goaltender interference? And in this case, the puck was on Rene's pad. He was then, the pad was kicked as uh, I can't remember the avalanche player came in. It goes off the pad and then another ab player scoops it in the net. And this is all in the crease. So, it like again, no one knew what was going on. No one understood what the ruling was, and basically all of Twitter said, "There's no way that's a goal." He kicked his pad and freed the puck, but the puck wasn't covered. So I guess it's fair game. I mean, it was just crazy again. So, I mean, I haven't re- seen anything today about like comments from what Nashville or whatever about that goal. But I mean, last night. It was nuts. People couldn't believe yeah. that wasn't called back. Yeah. No, the, the, it, it's really, it is interesting. Like the, the and it, another thing that, you know, not to harken back to being behind the bench, but another thing that I did notice again, the last thing I'll say about it is that, is that every goal that happens, there is a rush to iPads for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you see it on TV, but it's like, so last night, actually, when I was, I was, when the goal happens, the third goal against Brian Elliott, I thought they were looking for goaltender interference because they were guys that were relatively close to him. Um, and when they were actually trying to decide whether or not to change him or not. But it was no, like a strange, look, 
they were looking for a goaltender. That's what they were yeah, looking for. Yeah, exactly. So it was a strange. It was strange, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I I thought that that. I mean, I I've, I've tried to find the Hartman play. I, um, trust me, it, the Hartman's undeniable. Is it okay? Good. All right. Ryan Hartman is that player. Like he's an excellent player, and he scores goals, but he has a dirty side, and and he used it all in junior yeah. hockey and in the AHL. Yeah. Like he's known for it. Well, we oh, did yeah. see what no, happened, no, no. What happened to him earlier in the game. I keep finding this. You saw that he, how he gets like uh, speared in a place you don't want to get speared. Yeah. yeah. That I guess this is retali- I guess he's retaliating to that. Yeah. I mean, the nether regions. Yeah. Did yeah, you guys see that, that part of it? That part yeah, of it. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's totally crazy how that evolved. And he was pissed and, and rightfully so. Like, that's just a ridiculous experience. Just ridiculous. Like, that's one, one penalty I hate seeing guys do. There's just no reason to spear. Oh yeah. Now, we 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 would be remiss if we don't mention the the other sweep. Um the, the probably the series that we've talked about the least and Russ and I probably didn't want to talk about it because we picked Anaheim is, I is the fact that, I watched that game. I picked Anaheim yeah. too. And, and and you know now we now we have San Jose Vegas, which I think will be entertaining. I mean, Southern California is now bereft of hockey. Uh, for until yeah. until September, and you know Randy Carlisle was asked, you know, whether he was happy with the effort last night in the in the post game. I don't know what reporter asked it, but he's like, "We got swept four games. How happy do you think I am?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? Gibson played well. There was no problem with Gibson. The problem was without Fowler, and I'll tell you another name. And I saw this on Twitter. I can't take credit for it, but it was right, and it's probably coming from a Ducks fan. Without Patrick Eves, he was an important guy, and I forgot about Patrick Eves. That's a good point. That was a really good point. They really missed that, but I have to tell you that that core is just aged to the point where they have to do something about it because they're not going to get back even if even if Fowler is healthy with that core anymore. Like that has to change. Kessler's not the same. Gets laps a little slower, but you probably could restart him. Perry is not the same. No. Kessler per- Perry's lost. That's the yeah. problem. Perry's just Ke- lost as a player. Yeah. He doesn't know what he should be doing. Right. He doesn't know if he's going to be a thug or if he's going to try and score yeah. goals again. Like yeah. he, he, he's, he's always he's had lost he's his identity. Moments. He's always had moments in his career where he gets lost. But he, he always usually finds his way back. Um, because I know like Corey Perry, there are, the critics of him have always said this, you know, about him that he has his moments when he doesn't, uh, you know, where he just loses his what his game's about. Yeah, and, and usually eventually finds out, you know. Perry needs a coach like either John Tortorella or Mike Babcock to remind him of his role because they would have him playing that role all the time. Yeah, but but the problem is the problem is they're both making over eight million dollars. I don't I don't have the access to the cap cap central right now. But cap it is ugly. But Kessler just signed an extension. I think it was last year, and it was an it was an eight year deal. So I mean they're they're in deep trouble. It was six years. Okay, I'm sorry. They're in trouble. They're in trouble. Raquel, Raquel's their best player, and at some point, they're going to have to pay him. Yeah, he is their best player. Agreed. I mean, the Sharks. The Sharks. I was just going to go ahead, Peter. No, I was just going to say, like in regards to the cap, um, Perry and Getzlaff each have three more years of basically eight point six and eight point two, and Kessler has four at six point eight. Oof. I, I honestly, honestly, I could see a buyout of Corey yeah. Perry. But you got to remember, Raquel, Raquel has four more years at three point seven. What a bargain! Wow. What, what, a, what a bargain! Wow. Yeah. I will, I will I say this: Martin Jones, Martin Jones was great again. We, I, I'm glad we at least talk about him. It feels like nobody yeah. talks about this guy, but yeah, he has been rock solid. Um, and I'll tell you what, Mark Edward Vlasic played great, and so did Burns. They both. 
seem to now have picked up their game to the point where it was, you know, when they were making it to the Stanley Cup rather than lost at parts of this year where we kind of didn't know where the Sharks were at. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, fans in Buffalo – Fans in Buffalo are very happy because Evander Kane played very well yeah. for San Jose in that series, and that increases the chances of him maybe getting re-signed by the Sharks because he's played pretty well. No, I think the room for him. I, everybody seems to think that this is a guarantee. Like when when the Detroit Tigers had Doyle Alexander and he won those twelve games for him, Mike. I don't think they re-signed him next year. The next year. No, I think though. I think. Well, I, I don't think. Whole, I don't think. I think they're going to resign him. I mean, I've talked, to people, I've talked to a lot of people who say they are going to resign him, and I do know what you're saying, but I think that I, I don't know that Thornton's back. Like, I think that's the issue, right? Yeah, I think that. Yeah. I, I think I, I think Thornton Thornton is Thornton will not be back at eight million dollars. He may come back to San Jose, but I have a feeling that Thornton probably will go someplace else, and I continue to speculate that might be Toronto next year. Yeah, see, San Jose is a really funny team when you look at their cap situation all their weight where they're spending money is on defense. Yeah. But this year, if you take out Thornton and I think Thornton would come back just, so it'll be at half the price, but they're going to free up 8 million in Thornton, um, 3.2 in Joel Ward. He's 37. They won't bring him back. Yeah. Um, Yannick Hansen's gone at 2 million. Eric fair at 32. He's gone at 2 million. It's just on their defense is where their salary is. And but they've defense, got a lot to play around with. Their defense was, for most of the year, the best defense in the NHL. And that's what people also yeah. don't remember. They, they were the hardest team to score on. I mean, they, they they were leading the Jennings for quite for most of the year until the at the end, the Kings swept in and took it. Yeah, I don't know mm-hmm. if they were good for the first month and a half of the season. Nick. That's, yeah. That was my point from earlier. Uh, I'm going to have to check that. And I'm, pre- I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Vlasic's deal, his new deal, kicks in this summer. Yeah, so I think so yeah. Vlasic looks great again. Here's the other thing too: when I was voting for the Norris, like Burns did not have a fantastic year. Yeah. He had an okay year for Brett Burns, but it wasn't fantastic. Yeah, he had a really subpar year, actually. I mean, he he, yeah. he he didn't score a goal until like the All Star game, didn't he, or something crazy like yeah. that? Yeah, that I mean, that was being nice. Yeah, it was subpar. He but really he had still, I mean, he still did a lot of great things. He just wasn't sure. scoring in the same way. Yeah, but you know, so, you, he's the kind of scorer. But Look, you know Tierney, what? LeBanc, those guys are saving them because yeah. they're guys that they probably drafted with the hope that they could do something, and they've become big-time players for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm true. looking in the prospects right now, Russ, Russ and I, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not seeing anyone that stands out to me, but like you, you said, you said Radham, right? And then, no, no, I said right now, guys playing like Tierney, LeBanc, oh, okay. Timo Meyer is, is definitely still coming on. He's playing. He's He's got a lot more to, to prove, but I think he can do it. They're they're pretty good prospect-wise, actually. Yeah. It, it, I, like, I think, you know, and, and to your point, I think they have room for Kane, and I don't think yeah. Kane's going to get a big raise. I just think he's going to get a par-for-the-course kind of deal. And yeah, he's going to have to settle a little bit. Yeah, he's going to have to settle his expectations. And but I could see, you know, given San Jose's cap situation, what's coming off and when, and where they produce goals, Kane could Kane could very well sign there because it could be the most comfortable and logical place where he's going to get the most money. And here's the question about that, right? Okay, so you look, you look at Evander Kane and you say to yourself, okay, he, um, you know, he's playing really well right now. He's playing for a contract, obviously. He's doing his job, right? He's he's had moments when he hasn't played that hard at all. I mean, he's definitely playing harder than he's ever played. And is this is just is just just like you know a mirage? Are we gonna if they sign him for a five year deal at six million dollars or whatever a year? Is he back to like being his you know 
same old self. Or, you know, if he has a really good playoff run here, does that take Evander Kane to to another level and he just learns how to play in the NHL and he matures? You know, that's the tough that's the tough call on this one. I mean, it's really tough because this is what we always thought Evander Kane could be, but it, you know, but he never was for extended periods of time. He's now has been for a pretty good extended period of time in San Jose and in doing it at a time of the year that really matters more than ever before. So I don't know. I mean, I think that he's a really tough call on what to do with yeah. Evander Kane. I, I, I was well, saying that a couple. Go ahead, Mike. That's that's why I think if he gets signed in San Jose, he's not going to break the bank, but it's probably going to be sort of like a you know five year twenty five, five year twenty seven point five million dollar deal. You know, making what he's making right now, or maybe a little more on a shorter term. He's not going to get eight years. He's not going to get six million a year. You know, I think teams are scared away from those type of deals after like Lucic and Erickson and uh, a lot of the guys that were signed. Uh, Opozo, those, those deals are are crippling. Peter, especially when the player doesn't show up. What, 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 what the Sharks have to look forward to a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of their great prospects are are college guys. Like okay. Josh Norris is is an NTDP guy, and then he's I think he's I think he's a college guy, and then. Jeremy Waugh has been injury prone. He is a really good offensive defenseman, and he's gotten injured the last couple of years, but he's a guy that literally probably could have made it to the NHL already. So, but the thing is, they do have a lot of college guys. And so, like, that's where, you know, what you see is what you get for now, for the most part, unless, you know, Norris makes a huge step and he just goes right to the NHL, which I don't think will happen. And then, yeah. you know, if Jeremy Waugh is healthy for like a year or half a year, you might see him. Yeah. So, you know, you look at this and we said this before, the thing about the thing about um, that, that San Jose has to be cautious about is if you sign Evander Kane thinking he's going to be our next thing, because Kane's only 26, right? He turns 27 this fall. So if you think, oh, well, we'll bring him in and he'll be the core guy. You're That's the mistake you're making. He's not the core guy. No. Nah. Burns. Pavelski, those guys, those are you guys. You want that, yeah, Couture. You want those guys there, or someone like them in some capacity that have the chutzpah to control that room. And you know what? Kane's the kind of guy. You know, you everyone knows him in beer league. He's the rental player that comes into the uh, comes in the locker room. You haven't met him before. He takes blows his nose in his hand and wipes it on his pants. Go score your goals. That's the kind of guy Kane is. But his agent's yeah, going to ask for six or seven years, and if I'm Doug Wilson, I'm going to want to give him three years. Yeah. Well, and his agent knows. Like, you don't have a lot of options, Evander, and we know that's he's not going to. Peter, he's the British Columbia version of Phil Kessel. That's what he is in terms in terms of you know don't don't put him in a don't put him in a role that he's not suited for and he's not suited yeah. for being a core player. He's a great complementary player and yeah. that's what he's doing right now. And you can yeah. pay him what you can pay him what Kessel's making. You can pay him six million dollars on a shorter yeah. term deal, but you, which is what Pittsburgh is paying for him after the trade. But you cannot you know make it make, pay him seven or eight and expect him to be future no. captain because he's not exactly. gonna do that no that's your that, right. that's a bad idea without the without with the exception of elastic um murray has been obviously been the gm for a very long time in san jose and doesn't sign long-term deals like you know that like elastic's the only the only no, one no, I can no, think wilson of. you're talking about murray is, I'm, is wilson, wilson, yeah. I'm sorry yeah, doug wilson sorry doug yeah i mean wilson. doug wilson doug wilson he's been there obviously for a long time in san jose yeah. 
and he's been very good with cap space. Like just the the Sharks are hardly you know for there was one point in time when they were in trouble cap space wise and they had to like send what was it Norton to the minors. I remember it was a long time ago, but um they are um I forget who it was. It wasn't Norton. Paul Paul Martin. Paul Martin. There you go, Paul Martin. So um but they but they haven't been in trouble for cap space for a long time because they do tend to do like even with Marlowe and and Thornton they do shorter deals you know yeah well, well but the, but this is this was the thing actually because they were negotiating with Marlowe last year and when Marlowe went to the Leafs basically Thornton said okay give me the money that you were gonna give Marlowe on a one year deal because basically they were talking about them getting six million for two years, both of them. And then when and then when Marlowe went to Toronto, he got eight million for one year. That's not happening again. So that eight million is opening up and that they'll probably spend three quarters of it on Evander Kane. Right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean he I mean the only thing Thornton could go in and just say, I'll take four million and stay, you know, like he because right. Thornton really wants to stay there. Um I get the impression. I think I think it would be a huge disaster, by the way, if Toronto signed Joe Thornton. I think I think that's, I don't I think, think so. I think that's the last thing they should do. I do because because of, because of his injuries because of the way he, because of because he's slower than you think. Um, he would he would he would be a third line center. He's not going to be a top six forward in Toronto if he if they signed him. He would be a third line center and playing with Marlowe. All right, but his it's not it's not like they would in Toronto is a really hard thing for me to imagine. Like Joe Thornton is Joe Thornton is like the guy who shows up in sandals. Like I remember when I did I did my I did my whole like interview with him. I, I spent a whole day with him. I went to his house. Like he literally leaves the you know leaves he sits by the pool and he does what he does every day. In sandals. He's so laid back. It's crazy. He loves the relaxation. He loves the whole Northern California thing. Um, he loves the fact that there's no media covering him. I mean I I just think that you know, I mean, I know that if he would, the only reason, the only way he goes there, of course, and is if Marlowe is there again too, because he's not going to go there without Marlowe. That's for sure. Well, Marlowe was um, a two-year deal. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I mean, the, that's the only thing you have going oh, for course, you in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I know that, but the only thing you have going for you in Toronto is the fact that Marlowe is there, right? So beyond that, and 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 the fact that Thornton has not won a Stanley Cup. Now, if you if he thinks that San Jose is on a better track going forward than Toronto, then he stays with San Jose and he takes a million dollars or two million dollars a year. If he thinks that the Leafs are hit, you know, one or two players uh, away from being a, cu a cup winner, then he might take the chance. But at this see. point, don't you can argue, you can't, you can't sit there and tell me the Leafs are that much closer to a Stanley Cup than the Sharks are, you know, like it, at this That's point right. right now. I would agree. Yeah, you can't say that. You can't. I mean, for, for no, one, I mean, yeah, so if, because, you're, if, if it's close, you know, he's not leaving. Like, if it's if it's one thing, if you going to the Penguins, okay? But it, it, because it's like, because it's because the Sharks the shark the Sharks have two defensemen who are better than any defenseman on the Maple Leafs. Right. They have Vlasic and they have Burns. And I think they have yeah. a goalie that's better than Maple Leafs too. So I think that that's yeah, they do too. No, I think he's I, slightly better. Uh, I think he is. I, okay. I just my opinion. I mean, I, you know, I'm not okay. a huge. I like Anderson, but I think he, he's he's, he's I, you care to disagree? I, I I think they're about the same. I, I think I mean I, I was skeptical about Anderson, you know, based on his uh, resume with Anaheim because Anaheim was such a good team, but he got him to a conference final. Yeah. And this year, this year after after slumping in October, which he he seems to be a slow starter, I think he's been one of the top three or four goaltenders in the NHL. I mean, if you're asking me, yeah, he is. But Martin Jones is a little better. That's what I think. Well, so you would say he's um, the top well, five because if he's the top three, then Martin Jones is the second best goalie in the NHL, <laughs> which he's not. No, but I think I think well, he's the top ten for sure. Why don't we talk about the games? Why don't we talk about the games tonight, yeah. Ed? All right, so let's get into this. Um, 
So there's a lot of stuff going on. I just got another text that's kind of interesting too. Um, so the most interesting game tonight, what do we think? What, which, 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 which should we start with? I think it's the Leafs game. I, I think yeah. Leafs Bruins is. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, there these are yeah. two. These are this is these are the game two four. series that are like we said before, like the two best series of teams go. Um, these are both really good. It's, it's a tough one to watch, but let's start with Toronto. Obviously, we're, you're there. Um, this is this is it for the Leafs. I think this is a huge game. If they win this game, all bets are off. If they if they win this game, they get in Boston's head a little bit, um, which is what they have to do. If they win this game, if they win this game, they hold serve. If they win this game, I think the series goes seven, as I thought it was going to. I, I would still give the Bruins the advantage because the Leafs in two two games in Boston were thrashed. But if they, you know, they they've gone sixteen and two at the end of the regular season at home, and then they win three so seventeen out of nineteen at home. That's yeah. that's a pretty impressive pretty impressive record. But the and this is and the one thing you have to factor in here, you know, they had they got. A, Great game out of Placanitz, which I didn't expect. And I heard Dave Poole from TSN said basically that was the best game that Placanitz has played in two years. Um, yeah, if, they get, if they get one more game out of him, then more than likely you know, you're going to get Nazem Kadri back in game five in Boston, and you may get Komarov back. Um, so, you know, the Leafs would get some reinforcements back for game five. But they have to prove, even if after winning this game, if they do win this game tonight, that they can be competitive in Boston. Because right now, for two games, they were not even close. I think the one good thing the Leafs have going for them is I think Cassidy is a little too frustrated with the refereeing. And I think it might distract him a bit where Babcock hasn't even talked about it at all. Happy or not, he hasn't. he's remained completely even and calm about it. And that's actually, I think, to the Leafs' advantage because I think after a while, when you got guys, have guys like Marshawn who tend to be gripers anyhow, and if your coach is griping, sometimes it, it does create a little bit of a negative element there. So I, I think the Leafs could win this game. And I think, look, I thought it was going seven anyhow, but if it does go seven, like that's when you never know. Like it doesn't matter if Boston has guys that have this experience and are used to the playoffs or anything else. Anything could happen in a game seven if you get to that. And if Boston wins, I think that if the series ends in five, because I, I yeah, the notable mention is uh, Peter. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm I'm absolutely there with you. If the Leafs win, it's going seven. If um, if, if they lose, it'll they'll wrap it up in Boston on Saturday night, and uh, that'll be it. It's and and you know it, this is sort of the matchup that was. I didn't think it was right for the Leafs. I think they'd prefer Tampa, but you know, if they can make this a series by winning tonight, then hey, all the all the better for the you know the for everyone else because it'll be a lot of fun. Those final two games or final three games will be a blast to watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I am going to go against the tie a little bit. I think whoever wins tonight wins the series. How about that? I'll throw that out there. Because well, I'll tell you, the NHL's nightmare here is with a couple of sweeps already and a couple series looking like they can go five. If they get a couple that go seven, that's really going to slow down the works a bit. Yeah, and I mean, someone argued to me the other night, last night, and I, I, I tried to argue against it that this has been the most boring first round of the NHL playoffs in ten years. No, no, it hasn't. I, it, it's it's it hasn't been outrageously exciting hockey eventful and stuff, but it's been really intriguing. Like, oh wait, I think the Nashville series has been real good. The Columbus yeah. series has been real good. The Leafs series great has been real good. There's good stories. Vegas is a story. Even well, no, the Vegas, and, Vegas, story. and Vegas was just fun, but, but those other series are great series. I don't know. I mean, well, we here's have, the series. We have a bunch of 3-1 series. We have, you know, and we have, yeah. a, we have two series. Which, 
which is boring. Which I think. is which is boring. You you want you want you want even series. You want competitive series. But here here's the one time I'll give the NBA credit over the NHL in terms of scheduling when a series like say San Jose and Vegas are 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 you know they've swept. The NBA starts that series. They started like they they will start they might, the, the second the, round. I heard the NHL might do that actually. I heard. I heard it's possible that that same. Well, if they do that, that's that's probably a good move. I will tell you that as yeah. of like late last week, I looked up the ratings, and so far the ratings are above last year. They're like four percent higher. So yeah. Well, I think and yeah. The, are, I mean, there are, reporting a. I think what I want to say though is I think that the, just the games in and of themselves. I mean, there are there have been some great games for sure, but there have been a lot of blowouts too. Like you know, a lot of like games that have been like that haven't really been close. You know, like there have been less overtime games than we've had in the last couple of years. I mean, we've had, okay. you know, we've but, had, but even the Vegas series, like every game was close. Oh, that Vegas series was phenomenal. Yeah. I'm not, not each one of those games was like incredible and they were close games. And, you know, it's a shame. We wouldn't, I would have loved to have seen more games, you know, that that's four game series. It sucks. I would love to see that seven, but and NBC, NBC couldn't have been happy when they had game two of Bruins leaps on NBC, not on NBCSN, but on the on the main network. And it was three, nothing or four, nothing after 12 minutes. Yeah, and all we got to watch for the rest of the game was pro Bruins Mike Milbury commentary. Well, and the nightmare of trying to find the Golf Channel last night. Let's be real about that. <laughs> well, who was the uh, what? You know, somebody I follow on Twitter was Murray. I forget his. I feel bad. I can't remember his name. He was really, he's really funny. Um, but um, I'll get it up in a second here. But he he actually had the greatest quote I thought of all. You know, and I, I retweeted it today. He said, you know, he said, well, at least you know the Kings. At least the Kings weren't eliminated on the Golf Channel. You know, like he said that about the Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Murray Pam, yeah, Murray Pam is a writer. He said, uh, he's, you know, and I thought that was that was hilarious, you know, yeah, at least the things were eliminated on the on the golf channel. Um, I don't, Mike, Mike I, don't I don't care about the golf, golf channel. channel. I don't care about the golf channel thing. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, oh, hold on. Would you rather I, games not I be on? I mean, like, really? I, 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 I've never watched the Golf Channel in my life. And when I wanted to watch, because Tampa Bay, New Jersey was on the Golf Channel, I went to my cable guide and I thumbed through, you know, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. I can't find it anywhere. I do a search. It took me 10 minutes to find it on channel number 405. And I'll tell you right now, uh, half the people who were doing that quit Halfway no, they don't. No, no. Really, and it's very frustrating. It's frustrating. A hockey fan is going to say, I can't find this channel and not watch the game. I bet you the ratings are lower for that game than they should have been. Guaranteed. Mike's right on this. It, it's frustrating. I mean, the only the only danger of it being on the golf channel is that you're going to kill the fans of golf who go on, who go in there and are expecting expecting a boring sport and end up watching hockey. That's going to just going to be The point is, the golf channel isn't even on the same area as like NBCSN and the NHL network and the MLB network and the NFL network, they're all lumped in the same area. The golf channel is in a completely yeah. different area on everybody's cable network. You remember the, you the remember golf the times when we in, 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 where you had to buy like the um, center it's package to watch some of the playoff games. I mean, at least they're all on. Hey, it was on OLN at one point. Like, where's that network? The the golf the golf channel was next to the Spice Network and the Playboy Channel. Yeah. So you should have been able to find it very easily, Mike. I mean, it's not oh. that. I don't. I don't see what the problem was. <laughs> I didn't even know the Spice Channel was still in business. <laughs> Zing! It hasn't been since. Since you know, I remember being like all scrambly, you know. But is yeah. that's. I guess that's the old days. Yeah, you know. This is going to a bad place, boys. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, that'll be the title of the show. Mike Mike finds the golf channel between the Spice Channel and the Playboy Channel. There you go. Um, I don't. I just, I'm happy the games are on. Okay, and and to be honest, I'm watching them usually on the NBC app. To be anyway, um, for the most part, so it really is not. And there, that's very. Yeah, if you're watching it on the app, it's fine. I mean, and the NBC app is, is not the quality is not as good. So I'd rather watch it on TV. But I end up people end up watching the Voice here, like you know the show, like the Voice is on every friggin' night. So I have to watch. I have to put the NBC app on to watch it to watch the games. Quality television. Um, all right, the other game quickly: Columbus and um, and Washington tonight. This is a. Uh, this is. Do you think this is also a case of whoever wins this game wins the series? Because I do. No. I actually think. I think both of the. I think whoever wins both nope. of these games tonight wins the series. Nope. Nope. Couldn't disagree more. This right. series looks like it's going to seven, no matter what. They probably will have two more overtime games. Like this yeah. series is as close as you can be. All right. It would be nice. That, I'm not it saying be, it isn't, but I'm saying that you know the Columbus. I mean, then you know, they'll go seven. It would be nice if a home team could actually win a game in this series because you know, you all these fa all these home fans are yeah all these home fans are paying for the tickets and they'd like some gratification yes. to see their team actually win. And I'll throw a crazy prediction out for all of you out there: Ovechkin's going to win it tonight in overtime. Okay. Just of everything we talked <laughs> you know about. What? I'm not even going there, but I want someone post game to ask John John um, Tortorella. Well, now that you've lost this game do you feel like you've lost the series i want someone to ask him that yeah it's got to happen i know i mean we have not we have yet to see torts in the playoffs which is so much so much the, the playoff torts is so much different than the regular season torts. true Ross, I, I, know, never, I never knew I, second round I know, let's get into this yeah. yeah i i never i, I never knew mount vesuvius was in Sorry. i never knew mount vesuvius was in ohio yeah. <laughs> can you imagine torts with crosby out there uh just the, how this would how that could be that would just be Gosh, it'd be right. fantastic that would be fantastic there's no question about it um all right that's all the time we have to go here um but anyway mike enjoy the game tonight um we look forward to your reporting and uh you know sorry about the comment i made remember without the buzz it's just hockey we will talk to you tomorrow every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.